Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Happy Thursday, June 15, 2023. Hope you're having a great day right now. Uh, we are uh, founders, my wife and I, Doreen and I, 45 years we've been married. We're going to go into a anniversary getaway soon, which we'll announce, but um, we are we are bringing you the year 26 of bringing you the voice of the prophets, loving every minute of it. And so you're watching Elijah streams. It came on a little bit later than ElijahList.com, so make sure you're subscribed to this. Always free. But when one of our prophets gives a prophetic word, especially in the times when they kind of read it and they go through it, we then have that transcribed word, and we often, not every single time, but often then goes out. But you can't get it unless you're already subscribed. You can't write in later and ask for it. We don't do that. But if you're still subscribed, be sure you do that. So, all right. And a quick reminder that Barry Wunsch will be with us tomorrow, Friday. So do not miss that. We're going to bring Johnny Enlow on. It's time for him. We normally have him on a Monday. So uh, we'll bring him on in just a minute, but a couple of preliminaries here. We're going to do an American Warrior uh, premiere of one of our episodes. So let me just read that to you. Uh, and there's, by the way, is the link of how you will see this after when, when when this is done, when this program's over, you can go to either of these places, American Warriors 22 on Rumble and the same American Warriors 22 on YouTube. So, all right. So here's, listen to this. David Pete started out as a tank driver, but became a Vietnam era helicopter crew chief. The crew chief is responsible for keeping his helicopter in the air, me- mechanical repairs, and also serves as the door gunner. David talks about taking the brunt of enemy fire, trying to protect men on the ground and his own pilots as they rush into hot landing zone. Once taking 28 hits, he was shot down twice. Here's a preview of his story. We went into an, an assault and the Vietnamese had, the, had a 50, quad 50 they were shooting at us with. And 50 caliber bullets looked like footballs. When they're coming at you, the tracer are huge, and they're and they're glowing red, and you know that's only one of four. The pilot uh, flipped the controls; you could, he could control how many rockets he fired off each side, and we went to shooting two pairs, so we were shooting four rockets at a time, and I just told him don't miss because we were going right down the throat of this fifty. And he put all four of them right at the base and blew that thing in the air. You could hear the, the infantry guys in the ground cheering because it, it had them pinned down for about, for about well, probably an hour or so. You can't let the fear of the situation affect what you do. You have to do your job. The fear comes afterwards. When you, you think back on, you know, that was close. <laughs> Yes, amazing stuff. Amazing the the bravery of these men. Uh, you know, no no greater love has any man that he would lay down his life for his neighbor, for his friend, and so that's what these men have and women have done. So we 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 honor them. So, all right, this is a different kind of it happened. We're gonna run. So let's go ahead and run it happened. This one is one of my own. Now, all of you who've been watching me for several years know that I'm not the one that's out there prophesying, but I do do that from time to time. And have done that. So this is one of those. It's not a recording, but you've got the written version of what I wrote and published eight years ago. So with that in mind, watch this. I heard the Spirit say, 
I am releasing the whistleblowers throughout the earth. Prepare, for everything hidden will be revealed. Then the Spirit began to lay out God's plan. He is going to release the whistleblowers, first a few at a time and then more. And finally, a massive release of whistleblowers will be released on the earth, such that the hidden corruption many are playing with, from the average house to the church house, from the state house to the white house, will be revealed to all. We want to talk now to some of those whistleblowers because yesterday, three FBI whistleblowers testified before Congress, and their allegations were damning. Here is former FBI Special Agent Steve Friend. Have a look. In August 2022, I made protected whistleblower disclosures to my immediate supervisor, assistant special agents in charge, and special agent in charge about my concerns regarding January 6th investigations assigned to my office. So when I got that, the Lord had given me a very specific dream uh, that, that from which that word came. I was actually on vacation at the time, and it was so profound and so clear that I got up and wrote that out and uh, published it even while I was gone on vacation. But uh, it looks it sounds like today's newspapers, doesn't it? So, All right, now we have, have an announcement to make about a position that has opened up with us. So let's go ahead and bring that bullet point up here. This, we have a, an opening for an accountant. Now, we have an accountant in place, but we also need another, a second accountant because things have gotten quite busy. So if you look at these bullet items, of course, most accountants know what accountants do. So uh, if you will, if you know someone who can, this is an in-office position. It can't be something done from your home anywhere. It's, you got to be here in the Albany, Oregon area. Uh, so you could be living in a community next to it or that sort of thing, but it's a, it's a, it's a in person in the office who's you don't normally have to uh, say that but in these days so many work from home but this one you got to be here so there's the bulleted items i won't read them all the payroll the insurance accounts all of the stuff that, that accountants do now you see below there's a website you just type elijahstreams.com slash careers and when you go there there'll be instructions for how to submit your resume and photo and all of that stuff so we're going to give you a few days to respond to this and if if we haven't found a good applicant, uh, or if we're not in the process by then of, of narrowing it down, then we're going to go to the outside world to advertise for this. So, but if this is if if you know somebody that's in this area that is a great accountant that's looking for a different opportunity uh, to work for someone someone that's a great employer. Most of my employees worked for a decade or more, and some of them that haven't worked for a decade have worked for five or six years. So we have a really strong family um, situation with us, people tend to stay and not leave to find other jobs, which means, which means the pay is good normally. So, you know, the work, the Bible says the workman is worthy of his hire or her hire. So, all right, there's that. I think we're up to date. I hope I'm not missing anything. So I'm looking for, I don't see anything else. So without further delay, let's bring in Johnny in though, unfiltered. Here we go. 1349 hours, declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. And there he is back from Brazil. Is that right? Is that where you went? That's that's correct. Back from Brazil. So is that anything you can talk about what you did down there, or is that secret? Both. Um, okay. We'll do, um, we can tell some things. First of all, Steve, that was really, I, um, just watching the part of 
the word you gave, I think April 2nd, 2015 there about whistleblowers and then they're becoming pretty much a, a tsunami of them. And we're, we're experiencing that. I thought that was, that was awesome. You playing that. And it was uh, super good also that the agent that whose his name was that you just put up was Steve friend. So it was good. You had prophetic word from Steve and then there's Steve friend that's um, actually, awesome. uh, doing this. but we really have to recognize um, the courage it takes to be a whistleblower. A whistleblower in today's um, reality is, and they know it, they're admitting it, so even what the FBI agents are, are, are saying, is their life is under threat. And um, this, is, uh, this is just uh, the reality of going up against globalism, the deep state, whatever. When you're willing to be a whistleblower, though we don't like it when people don't have the courage to be whistleblowers, we need to be those who are um, immediately praying for anybody that we know is becoming part of the whistleblower community, we'll say, because it requires uh, supernatural protection around them. At this point, you know, at some point here, it's going to be more dangerous for the ones that are doing the, the killing and threatening, but it's still an in-between stage where it's, it's tough to do that. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Brazil uh, it was just a short trip there, and we were able to minister... Um, just some real strategic uh, settings. And we, we met with uh, some Latin American, South and Latin America um, leaders that are involved. There's a particular group that we, um, we overlap with, with what we do governmentally. And, and this particular group uh, has influence and in that they've actually trained over 30 members of Congress throughout Central and South America. Uh-huh. Uh, we're doing that as well, but there's kind of, there's a rep, there's a representation in every single nation, and so is a, a reconnecting there. And then I was speaking to uh, there were some governmental leaders, and then there was a, really a bunch of I'm not sure how many anywhere from 50 to 100 or more apostolic uh, heads from all over Brazil came to um, a central place, and so we're laying out what's going on, what's going on in society, and. And the assignment that we have, they were already, we'll say Seven Mountain. They knew I was kind of uh, the prime speaker there. So they were Seven Mountain friendly and let me know of advances that were taking place in in their various cities and how they are, um, you know, in in some level of uh, transformation in their cities based on what they're already stepping up to the plate on. So I'm very excited about uh, Brazil. They're, They're such a similar place as we are. They have uh, Lula as president right now is kind of the equivalent of uh, Biden here. Yes, yes, uh, me. And, and, you know, he was, there's uh, the Sao Paulo, the Sao Paulo forum from 1990 is just famous for laying out the deep state agenda, kind of 2030 agenda that some people know about right now is a con- continuation of what started there. And that was started by Lula and Fidel Castro. So they, they work together. And so he's also older, and I think he's in the process of being um, exposed as well. And so I just felt um, really encouraged from the Lord, and I spoke that uh, prophetically as well over the nation where I see them um, exploding to in the coming days. Use his review. So it was really good. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. I appreciate that. Uh, all right. Well, Johnny, you've got you you've got the next chapter, if you will, on on what you're talking about. So I'm going to just turn that over to you. All right, right. So just briefly um, to lay out. So those of you who are watching, listening, understand we're going to cover 
um, two main things. We're going to cover uh, the fifth seal, opening of the fifth seal, and it's a pretty short one today. And the majority of what we want to go into, I had, um, I don't say promised, but said that I would speak into the triple crown races. Right. We've now had the third one run, and and there's such an amazing message there, and it coincides with this past weekend was really kind of championship week as well for the NBA. You have the Denver Nuggets just won the first title in uh, 47 years. And the next day, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Um, so you kind of have Golden Nuggets and Golden Oh, look at that. Yeah. Wow. And then you had National Treasure win the race, the second race of the Triple Crown race. So there is something being spoken to us about national treasure and about gold um and and so the way that it all it all cor- correlates is amazing I, I i believe i'm gonna have time to do that all if, if not we'll uh pick up on whatever's left over for uh, monday which is uh just around the corner yeah and a quick th- reminder that, that you will be on for the people that are watching you're on not just today but only a few days from now so again yeah so good. missed our normal slot because of the yeah. Brazilian so, but the first thing, uh, you know, I wanted to comment just on on something President Trump is doing and saying there was um, there was his, you know, indicting uh, arrest potential being uh, put into handcuffs. which didn't go that far. There's a fact that is it yesterday um, was his 77th birthday. And this is relevant as well to even the horse racing, the triple crown racing. But President Trump has just turned 77 and, um, you know, just a strong recommendation. If you're not following what he's saying on his truth social and whatever that is coming out in some way through Twitter, um, he is really doing the best job of, we'll say, red pilling, truth telling the American people. And to the degree he's not actually telling the full story, he's telling things with purpose as well. There's a reason why it's designed to um, make statements both, we'll say, to the deep state and to awaken the sleepers as well. But he's positioned himself so so well that he's uh, he can't be um, he can't be censored. His his message is coming out in a constant way, uh, and and it, we're really in exciting days. Um, and you know, it, somewhat they're harrowing, dangerous in their own way. But there, there is a, a progressive exposure of the enemy that's taking place that's just amazing. That's and what amazing. I wanted uh, to put there is this is something uh, I, I had it sent by at least three people. And I think it's President Trump said it more than once. But it's just interesting. We're in this series of opening of the, of the seven seals series, the opening the seal series, we're series. And we're doing opening the fifth seal today. And and so I just wanted there to there's a little clip and I believe Trump has said this two or three times in the last few few days. And so if that can just be played right now and then I'll refer to refer to it. All right. Here we go. We must end it permanently and we must end it immediately. Now that the seal. So important is broken. The seal is broken by what they've done. They should never have done this. Wow, the seal is broken. Oh my goodness. I didn't make that connection until just now. I kept thinking, what's the seal? What's the... okay, wow. Right. There was like, why why does he keep using that language? Because I was sent two other clips. So I believe there's at least that he's in multiple places saying, now that the seal is broken, now that the seal is broken, it's like, 
and he doesn't best i can tell hasn't greatly explained it but there's no i don't think he has but it's just we're just like okay there's a statement being made there the seal has been broken and the seal has been broken from what we've been following was a good thing it means the enemy has been exposed and his power has been canceled legally and so uh, i i take that wow uh, with that as well so and there's just one more quote from um you know, his tweets, there was like a, a couple of days ago, uh, he, he's really, there's a focus to the tweets that are coming out. This is, I had to write it down. Uh, you know, he's talking about seals being broken. Then he said, this is the final battle. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. We will expel the warmongers from our government. We will drive out the globalists. We will cast out the communists. We will throw off the sick political class that hates our country. And, and so I just think that that's um, sums it up pretty well, but there's with you at my side. And so there's an understanding. This is part of the awakening that uh, has had to take place for all of us. It's not that we're just waiting for though. He has a Cyrus call and anointing on him. It's not just waiting for him to do it all for us. There is a, it's demanded and it continues to demand an awakening from all of us and figuring out how to show up in ways we haven't, shown up before because the church has had a no show up policy we'll say because it's it's been no it's all whatever happens in church and we're just waiting for the rapture and so that no show up policy has really been um really not been helpful for us in any kind of way at all and so that's part of the uh the big shift and i you know somebody i just had to throw this out as an extra uh, what's a conspiracy theorist you know, I'm not really being that's that was, I think, the primary thing I was called a couple of years, two or three years ago, even from our programs here, even from people and voices from inside the body of Christ. We have somebody who's just a conspiracy theorist and he's telling these things. And um, but no longer because it's just like out there for the whole world. And I'll just say, having interacted with leaders throughout all South America, being in Brazil, I will tell you that the awakening is going global uh, progressively as to what's really taking place. So. What's a conspiracy theorist? I like this one. Someone making fairly obvious observations that the government doesn't like. Um, oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Or that the globalists don't like. We could we could put it that way. That's Someone good. Making, at this point, they're fairly obvious observations, but apparently, a couple of years ago, they were they were censoring enough that they were hiding it enough that there hadn't been enough of awakening. It's a sign in itself that. Uh, you know, just the fact that we're we're having it covered, and you're finding CNN and Fox and Twitter and Washington Post and New York. There's there's things they're all having to say at this point. And, you know, would it be fair to say? I mean, the time's coming. Let's say Trump comes back. You might have to change the definition. Maybe, hopefully, you will have to change it because then we won't be saying making fairly obvious uh, statements that the government doesn't like. Hopefully, we'll have a government that does like some stuff going forward but i don't know if that's a fair right a better it it would be better someone making fairly obvious observations that the deep state doesn't like be um more like and so then they send you know from the various mountains whether it's from media the censoring um the ridiculing uh threatening your job in direct and indirect ways so that you bow before what they're doing and say, so anyway, that was, that was just a quick thing. And, and I may cover more of that 
speak more into what's taking place um, at the national governmental and global level. Um, I have some things. We'll just see if the Lord continues to push that forward for for Monday. But now we want to go, and this is not going to be very long, uh, the fifth seal, the opening of the fifth seal. And um, again, this works best if you heard the 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 original um, even uh, message that we did here, the inter- interview uh, where we talked about uh, the premise there that we're covering in simple forms. My statement and my goal in, in sharing these things on the seals is really not trying to get you to be. Um, you know, some perfected expert on the end times, there's a repeat point I'm making over and over and over and over. The idea that these seals are in our future and therefore uh, we have a lot of death and doom and gloom ahead of us um, is just wrong. And so we're saying that every time we're making a point, there's a reason they celebrated in heaven when Jesus took the scroll from the father and said, I have paid the price at Calvary, I am worthy to open the seals, to unloose the curse, to unloose the release, uh, um, the restriction on authority that we had. And there's a new song that breaks out in heaven. And we shall reign on the earth. He has made us kings and priests. Why would there be celebration? Why would be? Uh, why would tens of billions and trillions of angels, the number they put there was an uncountable number, innumerable angels. Why would they break, be breaking out into a new song um, that clearly carries, um, uh, it's not just joy for heaven. We shall reign on the earth. It's about the new possibilities for earth and all yeah. of them, all the throne room was rejoicing. And so why would it then immediately they open the seals and it looks like we lose everything. I mean, that, Johnny, that is so profound. I mean, I, I'm learning this during this session with every, I was taught the exact opposite. As good of a news it was that Jesus was worthy so everyone wants Jesus to be worthy, and everyone knows that he is. But what, it never occurred to me, my teachers never said, um, since he is finally worthy, this is when all hell's breaking loose, you better duck and cover because he's coming after you. I mean, that's really what that is. So yours is such a simple, right. logical interpretation compared to what I was taught. Well, it's just the opposite. He has made us kings and priests, and now we're suddenly victims of all of this release of things that we have no control over. Yeah. Zero sense that would happen. So we've been making that over and over and we don't want to have to do the long version, but it didn't hurt to do a little two minute um, update there. But here's, there's like a 30 second clip that I'm going to have us um, play here just for a moment. And it's from a very well-known voice in uh, Christian fundamentalism, John MacArthur. And and what he is is willing to say um, is is why I have to go strong in in a repeat way on what I'm saying. So we'll listen to it first, then I'll, I'll comment. I'll okay, comment. So interesting. Okay, here we go. Guess what? We don't win down here. We lose. You ready for that? Oh, you. Th- Oh, you were a post-millennialist. You thought we're just going to go waltzing into the kingdom as you took over the world. No. We lose here. Get it? How depressing. Oh, my goodness. Jesus died on the cross to give us abundant life, but 
like I said, duck and cover. Now it's going to get bad. Uh, well, here's the deal. There's this what's so fascinating about it. Number one, some of you may have seen that there is um, subtitles in Spanish. It's my friends uh, from Latin America that passed this on to me because they are now telling around themselves. They're saying, you want to know where we got this damning um, defeatist theology from? Uh, eschatology we've got it from the united states and we got it from because john MacArthur yeah. bibles are popular uh bibles throughout south america uh, as well and it's amazing that the voices such as himself how they have this ability to go uh global and i don't know the funding how that happens i don't know if it's sinister or or, or what um you know I, i've mentioned before there was another uh, baptist voice j vernon mcgee said uh you know that I, there's only one statement he made that i could ever remember from being exposed to his uh his radio teachings as uh, as a young as a young person i had to listen to them all the time and it was like there's no sense polishing the brass on the titanic it's the same idea but i, I what i will give uh john macarthur credit for is saying what other people are afraid to actually say this is what has to be clear for everybody listening. If you come against what I'm saying, you actually are saying you're one of them. One of one the of John MacArthurites, if I could use that. Yeah, the loserites. They're, they're loserites. Like, and I'm going to remind people of some scriptures that are out there. But he said, okay, do you get it? Like, because he's so plain spoken, he's got it. What they're, That particular eschatology that has dominated fundamentalism for some time that was made super popular with the Schofield Bible, funded by Masonic money. Um, really? Came- really? You're serious now. You know this to be a fact. The I know Schofield the- Bible was funded by the Masons. It, it was. As much of a fact as I can. You know, it, did somebody lie to me with that bit of information? It looked credible to me. I'll say the enemy funded it one way or the other because... Um, if you can promote to the body of Christ, you lose. You're here to lose. And I just want people to understand how in violation, if it was only in violation to this one scripture, I'm going to tell you. Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How does that sound? We lose. How does it sound? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We lose. How does it, how does, uh, um, you are the light of the world in his very first message. How would it, how does it make sense? You're the light of the world, but you're going to be extinguished. How but about he came to give you life and life more abundantly? And then someone says, no, 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 we lose. Uh, you, you can't have both. All things are possible. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and on every work of the enemy, but you lose. Um, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, but he still kicks, you know, he still kicks your butt. Um, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet, it says. Our feet. It doesn't say he's going to do it after we lose and we go get some reward for being good losers that all of a sudden God comes and crushes Satan. No, Gee. the God of peace will crush Satan under our feet. Uh, there's Daniel's vision. And there was a ruling on behalf of the saints. And it was the saints that had victory. It's not just Jesus and God and the Trinity, and the angels have victory after we're removed. Daniel saw it very clearly. The saints would have victory. The kingdom would fill the whole earth like a, a great mountain uh, fills the whole whole earth. He has made us kings and priests. 
Um, nations will walk to the light of the sons of God, as it says in Isaiah 60 and verse 3. Uh, Isaiah 661, the spirit of the sovereign Lord's upon you. He's anointed you. It's to bring good news, but it's also to restore ruined cities. It says the desolation of multiple generations. I could stay here for an hour. You could, couldn't you? And the one that you shared with us, the increases of his government will know no end. Come on. That's, that one alone flies in the face of we lose. So whenever we're accused, if anybody, because this will come, it's obviously not a, even a 1% um, a majority of those in the comment section, but the ones that come after me, and come after us. If they call you NRA, they call you, uh, which stands for NAR, NAR. There's NARA as well. I think that's it. National Association of Apostolic Apostolic Reformation, Reformation, which is weird. If you're NAR, you get attacked because you believe we can have victory. And the people who are attacking you are the John MacArthurites. They're the voices. We lose here. So that's just so you understand it. Those who accuse me of dominionism, even though I explain its influence and not dominion, they're saying you're actually teaching we have victory rather than losing. So I just want people who are listening for clarity, because sometimes just the fog being lifted off. We're talking about deep state stuff. I can't tell you. I, I believe this is probably 10 times more dastardly and dangerous to the body of Christ than most deep state stuff you're worried about is the fact that you're still affected and might in some way be pulled to this doctrine. Is it possible that the reason this sticks like glue to so many is because it explains the defeat they're currently in, and they don't have to have victory if they can explain why they're not currently having victory. So they go, no, we're never supposed to have victory. Do you hear what I'm saying? Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. They've used it to explain a lack of victory in their lives or something. Pretty brilliant what you're saying there, because I believe that is it. It's like... You are making statements based on present experience. Well, we have not ex- we have not yet experienced nations walking to the light of the sons of God. We have not yet experienced a difference being made by arise, shine, your light has come. We have not yet experienced nations are your inheritance. But what they're not explaining is the reason that's not our experience is because we have this kind of corrupt fake news doctrine that has been. Uh, sickening the body of Christ. It's not humility. It is anti-God. It's literally anti-Christ. doesn't make the people bad who are trying to promote it. They are the people that come in. The people that will come in and challenge my eschatology will be people that are defeatist. They believe we were made to lose. They They take out the things that are bad in Revelation and say they are, are, it's not just our future, but it's next in our future for us. And that's why there is an importance. That's why it was, it was a great service for us in victorious eschatology that Harold Everly did is <clears throat> bringing uh, out that most everything that you're dreading already had an application at a fulfillment and whatever didn't, whatever challenge is still yet before us, you have to put all the scripture in there together. Even in revelation, it says, and they made war against the lamb, but the lamb defeated them. 
And we are the Crazy. same with the Lamb. It's like winning, 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 winning is there for us in every way at all times. What glory would God get for us just uh, uh, losing? We understand that he came as the Lamb and he had to give his life. And yes, there is suffering and there's martyrs. We'll cover that in just a moment. So there's a place for having, uh, we'll say, temporary setbacks. Jesus had a temporary setback, but it ended in resurrection. But there's no way to say that we have an assignment and a call to lose on earth. And then we get some celebration in heaven for being good losers. No, this is not the Alamo. Again, that's just this point of a narrative. Well, and then you have that scripture that says um, those that know their God will do exploits. Uh, there's more words to it, but that's basically those those who know their God will do exploits. Um, that's not... The, yes, the people who know their, their God. But throughout, we've covered those scriptures in Daniel about what was seen by Daniel is the stone that uh, that came against the image of the beast that was made up of the four uh, uh, the four kingdoms, um, beginning with the Babylonian, the Medo-Persian, then the Greek, and then the Roman. And that was clearly Jesus that came. And from that moment on, it continuously was victorious until it crushed all other kingdoms. It says Crazy. it crushed them all. At no point does it get re-crushed. Uh, there's, there is no rebuilding back up from the dust of the crushed kingdoms that then crushed the kingdom. And instead it says and it became a great mountain, and it filled the whole earth. So if the kingdom of God becomes like a great mountain and fills the whole earth, that clearly has to be done on his sons and daughters. It says so in, in Daniel. They're the saints. It says so all over the place. And so the very idea that we can have significant voices in the body of Christ who have a right to target voices who say that's not your future, and they'll say, oh, that's some uh, some bizarre new. This is not some bizarre new eschatology I'm presenting to you. I'm, this is the Bible, a hundred to one uh, on any verse that might. And, it's, and what you're saying is clearly and simply revealed by multiple, multiple scriptures. It's not that's what you're saying. It's not a something where you're resting the scriptures to say something they're not saying. You're reading the scriptures to say what they are saying. And. Mm -hmm. What, can I just ask you this? There has to be some main scripture that John MacArthur uses that, that he's convinced we lose. Is it, or is it just that they interpret the book of Revelation as all these things break out because of the seals? Is that where they get this? They will get one verse out of Revelation where it talks about that the saints lost for a season, uh, for time, time and times in a time and a half, whatever. And, they warred against the saints and they overcame. And so they apply that to the macro, to the picture of everything mm. that has double explanation. Um, there is a past historical explanation of, and I think it's probably covered in one of um, um, Harold Eberly's book, whether it's that one or another one. And there's another application that, uh, you know, the time times and time half, the way it describes it, um, is it, it could easily, it's like three and a half and the yeah. three and a half could be, and that's why there's some people No, we're going to lose for three and a half years. So he's taking that. We're going to lose for three and a half years. I'm not even sure. I don't even want to say, but I mean, that is what everyone said, you know, time, times and dividing of times 
this is this how long three and a half years um but then i guess they must say well then then we get rescued out of here is that what where they're going with that i i don't know i don't know all the positions okay yeah and the lord has me speaking into eschatology for the point yeah And, and here's the point the point is um we have to wake up every morning believing there's no limits on how far the kingdom of God can advance in so our day. So true. So true. That's the point of everything I'm teaching is not trying to be, uh, you know, a master of eschatology. Yeah. Clearly, uh, so much of Revelation is written. Even what we've been covering is so uh, written in hidden language that, uh, it, you know, it's it's. It, There's it's secretive communication. There's a reason why there's a, you know, a thousand different translations or interpretations Mm. come out of it. But if you understand, you begin to, you know, I'm always quoting A.W. Tozer. What you think about God is the most important thing about you. And I personally think it's that's the bigger question. What you think about God will cause you to correctly. Well, Johnny and Ken, I don't want to take you out, but that's that scripture. Those who know their God, in other words, those who think correctly about their God, will do exploits. It's not everybody. It's those who think correctly. Yeah. And the, I don't know. What you think about God. So if you think your God really doesn't have the capability, it goes back to what you're saying a little bit ago. Well, we struggle so much. We're having a hard time just hanging on. So, yeah, that's a little bit. that That's like Moses coming to the children of Israel and who've been 400 years in Egypt and saying, we're going to be free and we're going to be, we're going to go to a land where we're going to have self-rule and all that. And it's like, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't buy it. They couldn't, they couldn't believe it because of their, personal experience so mm. that becomes a a, a a something that holds back restrains faith restrains advancement for sons and daughters of the king is okay. like no no no. when have we ever done this well there's a reason you haven't done it is if you don't believe the correct narrative if you don't believe that this is what he has for us if you don't believe that he desires entire nations to walk to the light that he's released on his sons and daughters if you don't believe that he wants the whole earth filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. If you don't believe he wants to release the saints for great victory. It goes into not whether you're good or not at eschatology. It tells me your God view. If your God view is limited. See, personally for me, I've seen him too big. In too big of a way, him him changed so many things. We brought it up before. Just part of a, a documentary we'll be bringing out is how we've seen the Lord overhaul a nation of Peru that I grew up was born and raised and my parents were missionaries and you go from 90% extreme poverty rate to 2.4 in a matter of not much over 10 years and how the Lord used us as catalysts for that and so I've seen him do massive things I've been in uh, you know nation of Costa Rica and as I was telling about what God's going to do among the nations I said just the declaration of what he's going to do is so powerful, it could blow your national power grid. And I was declaring this big God who can shift and change everything. And when I said that, the national power grid of Costa Rica went out. <laughs> and I have that. And we're being our I mean, now you're saying not the local neighborhood, not the local city. It was the national power grid. That was hilarious. And that was profound, everything. A revisited conversation with the president of Costa Rica about that. After that, so it's it's like um, for people say, well, show us the proof. I can't do the proof right there in, in front of, but we have it all. And we've shared it before. And so that will come out in a documentary. My point is, I've seen, here's what I'm trying to say, Steve, is once you've seen a big God yeah. who wants to achieve great objectives on planet Earth, then when you see someone 
holding out for some interpretation that has God just being mediocre. Like little tiny. Yes. And that he does, he can't really use this much. And you're like, no, I'm sorry. That's not my God. It's, it, it, it goes beyond like, did you properly understand the, the, the meaning of that word? It's like you didn't properly understand who God is. And that's the and reason. What I wanted to ask you is, um, and of course you're using hyperbole, but you said my, you know, your God is almost too big or something like that. You're basically saying that if you're going to, if you, Johnny, suffer from something, it's like you almost make God too big. He's so big. I I, I don't want to put yeah. words in your mouth, but it's like, because when I see you blow the shofar, as a, for instance, of one of the many things you do, you, you what's back behind that, it's just not a, a ram's horn with noise in it. It's the belief of the man blowing the shofar that says, my God can easily do that. I mean, you don't doubt in your heart. That's it, it, Would that be a good description of where you where you operate from? Yes. For instance, speaking of Brazil, Saturday morning, my closing a meeting there, I said, okay, we're now going to release the signs and wonders associated with what mountain you're called to. And these are the seven signs. If you're called to the mountain of economy, your right arm's going to go numb as I'm speaking. I went through all the signs. If you're called the mountain of government, you're going to feel a literal hand on your head. Some of you are going to, uh, it, it's going to be so powerful. You're going to collapse on the floor. And so Whoa. we had, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten, just collapse on the floor. If you're called the mountain of family, tears are going to hit your eyes immediately. If you're called the mountain of uh, religion, joy is going to come to your stomach. Next thing you know, uh, you know. There's one sign is for your left hand shaking, another one for your right. So we have left hand shaking, right hand shaking, people falling out, tears, crying. It's all happening. Nobody's laying hands on anybody. It's there. It's God doing that. So I have a God who responds at that level, and he's big, and he wants to say, we're going to use you for important. That was the whole message I gave preceding it, is he wants the saints of the Most High to arise. He has made us kings and priests not to give up the planet to the enemy. And so the enemy, of course, what would be the most strategic way he would get us to be losers is he would go to our leaders and have them preach to our people, you're called to lose. And so it just, the offense to my spirit about it is profound. I mean, well, you know, I, I, there's so many things I could say. I, I, I just, I can't figure out, you know, even in his, can I, this is thought came into me, even in his theology or eschatology that we lose, he can't even make that work in his own life because he's prospering with everything he's doing. He's not even losing when he's teaching bad theology. He's prospering and everyone's listening to him that wants to believe that. Well, if you're so into losing, why don't you just hang it up and go sit at home and lose? Right. What's he trying to win for? You just, you know, look for... Uh, uh, the nearest cyanide pill and say, well, yeah, all is losing here. Let me, you know, have a worship service for an hour and praise the Lord and speak in tongues 30 minutes, take a cyanide pill and be gone. If that's what we do, um, it's like the messaging is, again, I just have to, uh, 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 I don't know, s- salute him or praise him like he said it with others. They'll say, no, we we believe more and, you know, have these. Uh, but they don't really believe more. And this and post they have all these positions. But behind these positions, there's two points. Do you believe we lose or do you believe we win on earth? And so 
they cover it up and they'll attack you and they'll call you NAR and they'll call you a dominionist and they'll call you a seven mountainist. But basically you're being attacked by enemy plants for believing that we can win on the earth, that the glory of God can fill the whole earth. And so I just want people to be aware when you're coming, I don't know, but you know, so-and-so says so-and-so two points, win or lose here on earth. And he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. And he wants us to arise and shine with his light to the point where nations can walk to the light that is on us. So that, that, that's it. You know, all the other stuff is, is smoke and mirrors. But I, in a way, um, my Latino brothers, having sent this to me, and they're, again, they're processing among themselves and having conversations like, where did we get this idea? Why did we buy this idea? Is this maybe why our whole continent's in trouble right now? We bought this idea from the parental uh, authorities in the United States. Wow. We allowed their, that voice. You see how the enemy would yeah. plant Who knows If he plants it in the United States, he plants it in a primary California voice, it's going to go global. And so then he's got the body of Christ. Can you imagine waking up every day going, I lose, but I just got to get over. I got to have a good attitude about losing. And and so let me just. Well, you know, now you've heard me say I was raised in Seventh Day Adventist. They don't teach at all a rapture like that. They teach, they teach that that it's all going to wrap up. But even with a non-rapture teaching, in fact, they make fun of people that believe in a, in an imminent rapture. They make fun of that, and yet they have the exact same theology that we lose, we lose, we lose. So it's like, yeah, don't just say because well we don't believe in that sort of rapture. You can still have that same sick theology, which is, yeah. it's all going to end badly for us. Praise God. Hope I'm ready when he comes, which was my case. We yeah. always said, I hope I'm ready. Yeah. And there was a whole great deal of fear that we weren't. Anyway, that's another story. Right. But, right. Well, let me, let me um, let's get to the fifth seal here. Um, and I'm just going to read the scripture out of Revelation 6, 9 and 11. And it says... When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would be killed as they were, was completed. So it's kind of good that this shows up right in the middle of this conversation we're having, because we're not saying there's no risks. We're not saying there's no martyrs. We're not saying you don't lose a battle, but the war you don't lose. And it's the other way around. There's almost like, uh, um, that we, no, we end, we lose the war, and but we can win a lot of battles on the way there. It's like, no, we keep contending. And in this world, you will have tribulations. There will be martyrs. There are losses. But all your losses are towards a gain. We'll get to that in a, in a moment anyway. Anyway, but we want to understand that this fifth seal is um, the seal that correlates with the mountain of religion. Now, for those just who remember, you know, there's, there's been a code that was laid out in Revelation 5 and verse 12. The new song, after they, song the, they sang the new song because of what Jesus did on the cross, and he took the seal that said we lost authority, and, and now the, uh, the proclamation was made. We have been made kings and priests to our God. And so a statement is, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches 
and wisdom, et cetera. And it names seven things. And we, we put out a chart there um, before. And it's amazing because the order of how it said power, riches, wisdom is the exact order of which the seals are being opened. And so by that, I mean, this power goes with government, riches goes with economy, wisdom goes with education. And the number five one that was uh, stated was honor. And in our, we even have the charts that we've shown you before. Oh, yeah. Uh, for those who remember seeing these before, honor goes with the mountain of religion. So, but we want to acknowledge something here. Our first four seals, we had four writers and, and we're, we have made the point that this is an explanation for us of how the enemy has chosen to kill, steal, and destroy on each mount. So the rider was the principality on each one of those horses, and we went through that. Again, uh, we can't restate it. Go back and listen to them. And it's very instructive for us as well, just insight into how the enemy is operating. It exposes him. It's sort of like President Trump says. Now that the seal is open, you can see what they've been doing. And you understand what they've lost uh, the right to get away with anymore. So suddenly here, though, there are no more riders and the cryptology becomes very interesting. Um, and John does not read about the martyrs. We want to make sure people understand he's not reading from the scroll. This is not opening the scroll and reading it. The scroll does not talk about the martyrs, but it says he sees under the altar the souls of those who had mm-hmm. Uh, slain and and um and he hears them crying out how long O lord and and so again he's clearly peering into the realities of the mountain of religion um and so um honor is the worship due him for paying the price of redemption that's why it's the it's it's the uh, we'll say the the characteristic of heaven that is mentioned for the mountain of religion and that's the reason we should give our lives to him because he paid the price for us. And so it's just the honorable thing to do is to say yes when he says, hey, how about you accept me as your savior and your redeemer? Because that's what I did. And so it's the honorable thing to do. And so it's the worship due him for paying the price of redemption. But honor can be applied in a lesser sense among humans. You know, sometimes uh, we use that scripture, give honor to whom honor is due and some branches of the church overdo it. And so it allows people to practically worship their apostles and prophets. And, and so even getting that in right measure is a a problem for us at times. And, and, um, but it's okay. Um, So it's applied among humans, um, but it's really meant to be for how worship is done in the kingdom. So we are, but here's a part that's, I want to go into it. Let's not hang on the other one. We aren't looking for a future event when the martyrs will be told to hang on just a little longer. I just want people to understand that. Because if you if you go by the way some think that, well, no, these seals are not yet open. And someday a seal is going to be open. Can you imagine someday in the future when things are really, really bad, there's finally going to be martyrs saying, when are you going to do something about it? That's not a future event. This was something they already looked into. Uh, uh, John already saw this and it's what happened when Jesus loosed the seal and deprived the religious spirit of his stranglehold. So we identify in our charting of who's the principality there, that it's the religious spirit who is the principality of the mountain of religion. And he's the one behind most of the martyrdoms. Essentially that's his assignment. Um, And so 
in the mystery of all this, there are two correlating truths. Um, well, let me, I, I was trying to debate whether I should um, skip this or not, and I, I, I'll read it. The timing elements of, when I say read it, I'm looking from my notes from 2012 when I wrote the book, Opening the Seven Seals, and it's a book I have not yet released. Nobody else has read it except for uh, C. Peter Wagner um, mm. back then, and he's like, Johnny, this is good. This is part of laying out the correct narrative for the body of Christ moving forward. And I didn't, I just, I didn't get the green light from the Holy Spirit. It wasn't time. Um, and, and it's time for this element of it. There's some parts that um, I'll still have to see if the Lord allows me to release all of it, but we're going to, we're doing uh, the seals at least um, for now. So we know that John, the apostle was taken to heaven the, the Revelation 4 invitation, come up, John. That was decades after Jesus' day. And um, and yet and he went to time travel and he was taken back to before Jesus was slain. And then uh, to the time where Jesus was slain, because he said he saw a lamb that was slain, if you remember out of Revelation mm-hmm. right there. So we want to understand heaven is not constrained by time. So there's an aspect of nailing down heavenly realities to a specific time period that becomes not just an impossibility, but it's just unwise to even try it because we're talking about two different uh, dimensions. The martyrs, but what we did get clear from these two verses, the martyrs were demanding that their blood be avenged. And they were told that it would continue for a season until some measure was fulfilled. Now, we don't know if this is a specific number of martyrs. That's a theory that's out there, that there's some there's some number of martyrs. And once it's done, it's like, you know, we don't know what kind of red it's line. It's either a specific number or or since he knows the end from the beginning, he already knows what that number will be before. You know, it's like chicken or the egg, right? It's like. He, well, and so then it goes into probably the bigger question for people. Uh, the and quote, need for martyrs confuses many because Jesus already was the perfect blood sacrifice. Right. So then it looks like, okay, why do humans, why does there have to be martyrs as well? First of all, we just say we just read it that it says it does. So we're not making making it up. So we'll give a little explanation here. Uh, And so in the mystery of all this, there are two correlating truths. First, Jesus did die for us and alone can be the holy sacrifice required. Right. Get that clear. There is redemption through no other name. There is no access to heaven. You can't, uh, you know, uh, somebody die for you and give you your access. It's through Jesus. It's through the blood of Jesus. But secondly, we are his body and what he was for us and what he did for us, we too are called to do for this world. Um, In in measure, we'll just explain that. For example, he was our high priest, right? And and yet we read in Revelation, we've been making this point over and over, he has made us priests. So he was a priest and he says, but I made you priests as well. Um, We're not reading it uh, right now in in, uh, 2 Corinthians 5 where it talks about the ministry of reconciliation that Jesus came and did and what he did. And so that uh, through what he did on the cross, the sins of individuals would not be imputed to them, would not go to their charge. And he said, and he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So it does not mean he's asking us all to die on crosses and say, I died for you for uh, your process of redemption. But it's saying that we do have a, a role within his role. Like we can't be the redeemers, but we can lead to the redeemed. 
so that that becomes uh, our our uh, our understanding of moving forward. So we just need clarity in there and make sure the enemy doesn't deceive any of us with that. So as we lay our lives down figuratively and literally, we become as Christ was, as John four seventeen says, as he is, as he is, so are we in this world. Um, so another way we'll say another example, just so we get this right. Uh, we cannot be the door to heaven because only he is the door. Jesus is the door. Yet we can be um, those who lead to the door through our sacrifice and through what we, we do as well. Now, uh, a scripture we frequently bring up is Acts 3.21. It tells us that Jesus is held in the heavens until the restoration of all things and all things spoken of by his servants, the prophets. We've been addressing that as well. Um, we understand Romans 8.19 tells us that the earth is groaning and travailing, not for Jesus to return, but for us to step up to our call. Creation groans and travailing for the redeem, for the manifestation, the revealing of the sons of God. They want us to show up as redeemers and restorers. Oh, good. Showing up as kings and priests. If you remember in Revelation chapter 4 and chapter 5 specifically, it says, but I saw a line. And so, because there's an elder that told John, don't weep about this reality that you see. It looks like we've lost authority. And he said, the line of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. And then the next verse, it says, and I saw a lamb. So you're like, well, which is he the line or is he the lamb? He is the line, but he came as the lamb as well to make legal room for others to be able to experiencing redemption. And if you think of uh, kings and priests, there's like king authority would be like the line, king line. And the lamb would be like the priest authority. So we can, through our intercession, that's why we value intercession now. Like anybody who just believes that it doesn't matter anybody what anybody else does, that's why they don't believe in intercessors at all, that there's any role for intercessors. Intercessors are clearly stepping into being as he was, as he is. Yeah. Becoming those ministers of reconciliation and so applying the blood of Jesus, they can't shed the blood, but they can apply the blood of Jesus um, on a situation through their prayer, through their decrees, through their intercession. So hopefully there's well, you're right there. And then Paul, Paul said we should be praying at all times in all ways. He, he, they, there wasn't a doing away of prayer, but more an amplification of it, it sounds like to me. Yeah. So anyway, just to finish on that. So martyrs in some way continue the work of redemption, even though he already accomplished it. Mm -hmm. And um, that the blood we shed and need to shed or has to be shed is not for getting people into heaven. The blood of the martyrs is for ruling and reigning on earth. We that's want good. that understood. So that's what the blood of the martyrs is, is to advance ruling and reigning on the earth. He has made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. So we join in in that kind of way. Uh, what Jesus did for us, we are doing for this world. This seems, again, in some way, simultaneously contradictory and yet uh, very congruent when you understand what we're talking about. So and out of that, you know, here's a kind of something that came alive to me. If there were no call to redeem creation and to disciple nations, by that I mean if we're only here to see if we can get souls into heaven, if there's no call to redeem creation, to disciple nations, then there would be no need for, quote, the blood of the martyrs. There's no need for the blood of the martyrs if that's all we're trying to do. Uh, if the rapture were the only thing we were waiting for, then the blood of previous martyrs would be a waste. 
Mm. Interesting. Let's just okay. soak that. Let that soak it. The blood of the martyrs would be a waste if the only objective is getting souls into heaven and we're waiting for the rapture. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. It means everything they did towards heaven coming on earth would have been a waste. Uh, so what are the martyrs in heaven? This is what we want to understand the fifth seal, what's taking place. The martyrs in heaven are demanding vengeance on earth. When he sees the souls of those martyrs, back to, you know, if we want to um, read, since it's only two verses, he opened the fifth seal. I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain <coughs> for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on who? On those who dwell on the earth. Their focus is on the earth and the earth becoming what it's supposed to be. Then a white robe was given to each of them. We've pointed that out before. Even the 24 elders around the throne, they have a white robe, meaning there were not heavenly creatures. Mm. Because a white robe was given to someone who had been a conqueror, an overcomer here on earth. It was a sign that you had persevered, you had endured. Uh, you know, there's, there's mm. actual martyrdom, and then there's virtual martyrdom. I, I think it was, um, uh, oh, what's his name? The, um, the famous faith healer from, um, oh, I've never been able to forget it, Smith Wigglesworth. Okay. He said, um, he says, for every 1,000 believers willing to give their life for the gospel, there's one willing to live for the gospel. And, and so he was making a statement at times that there is, uh, we can theoretically embrace martyrdom um, as like, yeah, if I'm ever faced with that, but we don't understand that there's daily taking up our cross in the yeah. sense, okay, I'm going to identify as salt, as light. I'm going to face some opposition. This is the lesson. This is the awakening that we're referring to from even my opening statement at, on, at every one of these uh, programs that we have, the pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. This is this is the lesson we're going through right now. We have to make ourselves um, count Monday through Friday in society. We have to show up in every uh, every area. All right, let's see. We're going to uh, see where I left off and we're almost done with it. All right. The martyrs in heaven are demanding vengeance on earth. We can assume they are not requesting that God start killing people. Uh, in their state of seeing clearly, they know that the battle is not against flesh and blood because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The judgment and vengeance they desire to see is on the demonic dwellers here on earth. Mm -hmm. the powers and principalities that were behind each and every one of their martyrdoms. The word avenge means to exact of the murderer the penalty of his crime. The martyr blood cries out for Satan to be crushed here on earth by his body. Let me say that one more time. The martyr's blood cries out for Satan to be crushed here on earth by his body. That is why we are told that we shall reign on the earth. Uh, the martyr's blood is the price we, his body, pay here on earth so that his kingdom will manifest in a very real and palpable way. It has to happen through us before he comes back, or we cannot say the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God. Right? That's another mm -hmm. point. Right, right. 
Um, and so Psalm 110.1, David, again, seen prophetically way ahead of time. Uh, we understand he is not returning to all his enemies are placed under his feet. Um, that's a scripture that said both in the New Testament and in Psalms that he he must reign until all his enemies are put under his feet. And we are told we are the feet. And so we are the ones that God of peace will crush Satan under our feet. So it's not just if there's victory, because there's theoretically every camp, every eschatology says, oh, we believe in victory, but they believe in victory of God supernaturally after we lose. And so the whole point of God's narrative is that I'm going to get victory through my kids. That's the part we have to understand. He gets no great glory removing us and then doing just like, why did he ever make Adam and Eve? He, he had the, he already had the whole earth subject. If he wants it, he can get rid of Satan any way he wants. So the whole, the whole fulfillment of his plan the brilliance of his plan is I'm going to take my weak old sons and daughters who are frequently deceived by the enemy. And I'm even going to handicap them where they don't hear me audibly in general. They don't see me visibly. They just get it through impressions in their spirit. And they're so going to get it. They're going to, it's going to take them a while. I'm going to be patient. They're going to be deceived by the enemy. They're going to be tricked. They're going to be disappointed at times, but my kids even handicapped to not even being able to physically see me and experience me, you know, in an open vision type way, they are going to be fed up with the lies of the enemy. And they are the ones that are going to crush Satan. And that's so what, when juice, when Jesus loosed the seal from this mountain of religion, he provided for personal salvation for whosoever will believe in him. But he also made provision so that the martyr's blood would still be required. And that one day, there is suddenly no more, um, no more martyrs that are required. The religious spirit, as I said, is the principality on the mountain of religion. Uh, that may not be his only name or even his name at all, but it's at least a description of who he is and, and how he structures himself. Um, and he is still the greatest killer of true believers. Um, but killing true believers is a real catch-22 uh, for the enemy for Satan, uh, those who will pay any price to expand the kingdom are dangerous to him. And so he wants to take them out. And the best way to stop them is if he could kill them theoretically. But every time he cuts one down, the martyr's death seeds the church, seeds, S-E-E-D-S, seeds the church into a whole new dimension. Just like Jesus, his own death. Um, if Satan had a celebration, which we understand he did, like, oh, my goodness, I've got him killed. This can't go, yeah, whatever, whatever little buzz remains for a little bit, um, but this can't be, this can't keep going on. And we just know today, right now on planet Earth, there's 2.5 billion who say I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. So that was something that greatly uh, backfired for him. Um, and so we understand that false religions are performing virtually are behind all the martyrdoms today. Um, we understand now even what we found out about the globalist deep state and their agenda in their own kind of way. They they are going after um, true believers as well. One of the ways they do it is they infiltrate and they take out in one way or another. They take out real voices of God and they replace them with compromised bot hireling voices. And that's another way uh, they do it. So. 
Um, the lamb who was slain has loosed the seal that ensures he will receive all the honor due him. This is not a future event. It has already happened. Uh, that's a point we make in over and over with all the seals. And so there will soon be a judgment rendered on behalf of the martyrs. It's um, very well could be what we're experiencing right now on planet Earth, because this is an unprecedented intervention of heaven on Earth. And so this could really be what we're experiencing right now. Uh, the crucible that we presently are walking through is something that very well could be a, a response to the martyr saying, how long can this still go on without there being your justice manifested on planet Earth the way it's supposed to? Um, so this really is a bad day to be a devil. And times are only going to get worse for him moving forward. If you want to know who it's going to get worse and worse and worse for, it's for Satan. And for his followers, his demons, his principalities, and whoever has sold out to them on planet Earth, it will go increasingly worse in an exponential way uh, for them. We're seeing that now. Every day that goes by, it is going worse and worse and worse for them. Their hideouts are being discovered. They're being uh, made an open showcase before the whole world. They're, they're hiding places even in geographical, physical areas. Um, they have had um, successful hiding areas in Ukraine. Um, the Ukrainian people have been tremendous victims of things they don't even know that's taking place. There is a lot of Taiwan as well, where they've hidden um, who they are, what they're doing. And there's innocent people and godly people in the way there as well. we'll there'll be stories to follow upcoming there. Um, they have, you know, we thought Switzerland was a great a nation that was um, in a neutral context. And we find out this has been a stronghold for them. There will be ongoing exposures there. The Antarctica component of it, what's being released, what has been released from there, that will continue to be exposed as well. So this is a day where the enemy is getting exposed and weakened, exposed and weakened. Do not think, again, the misreading of the day is when he's exposed, thinking he's stronger. When he's exposed, he's weaker. And he's getting weaker and weaker and weaker every day as that exposure continues. So. With that, Steve, I have I'm I'm done with the fifth seal and and ready to go. Yes, we have a little bit of time. We'll see if we have enough time for it all. There's some sports stories that are just oh yeah. Gotta go back a couple of pages here. So and I, I and there's so much, and there's gonna be people, I have people that are very faithful and following these things will say the horse racing prophecies and the sports prophecies and and they will say you missed this one you didn't get this <laughs> and 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 it's not that i couldn't miss them but there's a point of we have to make it um where there are clear takeaways and if you go too many layers it's just too hard it becomes yeah there's almost no no metaphor that you can say 20 more other things about what it could mean, right? But there's the primary simple meaning. And so, and for people who are trying to grow in this, just understand what does the Lord use? He uses games that are being followed by millions. Yeah. So 
shifting. And so it's that's why it's about championships that take place. And then there'll be a key player, the key players. There'll be who was the star, who was the MVP, who was the captain. There'll be something that stands out. So once you start going into, and you know, sitting on the bench was number 11 and number 11 is this, you're really, you're missing the point of these things. The Lord's saying, what was spotlighted? And so the things of, of, of uh, uniform numbers, of names, of scores that were spotlighted, um, that's, where I'm, that's where my message is. Once you start going down, you can get something for yourself on it, but you're actually, uh, you're not helping the situation. It, it's sort of like if there's a buffet table of food and you just add five more uh, entrees on there, you just almost confuse um, the people who might already have too many <laughs> entrees. Yeah, available. That's good. Good. So here's the, um, here's the review. So the triple crown happens every year. There's three main races. There's the Kentucky Derby, there's the Preakness and there's the Belmont stakes. And they're really the three most uh, important races, horse races in the whole world. So again, that's why they're highlighted. That's why there's a focus on them. And then if there is ever a, a, a horse that wins all three of them, which is a very rare thing that takes place, is called a triple crown winner. So the last one that happened was Justify, and we covered that a lot. And there was all the things that that spoke into, tied into what's going on right now. And we could revisit it now and still see how how true that is. But it was about uh, the blood of Jesus. The, the owners um, that named uh, Justify named him out of the book of Romans that you justified by his blood. And oh. so, so it's his blood that's pushing everything. And that's what's winning over, you know, who he beat out. The horse that supposedly was better than him was good magic. Um, and so the enemy has all this good magic, alternative power, oh. and, and it loses to the blood of Jesus. And so there's a, a messaging that continues to come to us. So, but we won't um, go there right now. So the three races and we just finished last week in the third race. In the first race, we had a horse called Mage, M-A-G-E. That was the winner. And in the second race, there was a horse called National Treasure that won the race. And in the third race, there was a, a, a horse named Archangelo. Um, oh, Arch really? Archangel said in Spanish, basically. Oh, wow. <clears throat> And so that's so remember that mage, uh, national treasure and archangel. And so mage is singular for Magi. Um, and and, uh, you know, some were pulling in like MAGA. Uh, we're not really going into the MAGA component of it. You could get that uh, some extract something from it. But for instance, Daniel and his friends were considered Magi. I said Magi. Magi would be the better way of saying it. The Magi, the wise men. So. M-A-G-E um, uh, would be a wise man. And so there would be, uh, if you remember biblically, besides Daniel and his friends being considered these wise men, these magi, that there was um, also the shepherds um, were wise men. We understand the ones that found, sought Jesus out and were able to find him despite the fact that they had no GPS, they didn't have phone um, guidance system or whatever, they were able to find him because they were wise men. And so wise men find Jesus. So there's this whole principle of wisdom. We could have a whole message on just about uh, uh, about that. 
And um, so we're, now we're going to go a little bit more into each race. Again, I'm trying to say it where um, it's readily follow. You can follow it. Some of you, you might have to listen to it twice, take some notes. But, okay, we're doing three races. We have three winners. And in that first race, the winner was um, uh, the, the, the jockey was a man named Javier Castellano. And so, of interest, he's 45 years old. Oh, 45. And, and, um, and so, Javier, Javier means bright, and it also means new house. And he's number 45. And Castellano means governor of the castle. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> governor of the castle. That's or good. Ward of the prison. Or ward of the prison? Yeah. Or both. Or both. So the guy that's holding Guantanamo Gitmo, the guy that rules over Gitmo, and the one that's governor of the castle as well, number 45. Wow. What's the last thing he said? That last a thing? new house. His Javier means new house or bright. And number 45. And so, wow. And so here's what's amazing, Steve. So that was race number one. Race number three that was fought this la- uh, run this last weekend, won by Archangel, Arcangelo, it's the same jockey because his horse was not available to run. And so he was the jockey. So it's Javier Castellano, number 45. That oh, won my goodness. And won on Archangel. So you have this thing of, Wise men and archangels. We're going to get a little bit more to um, that in, in, in just a moment. But that's why I say the messaging here is like, oh, my goodness, goosebumps. Yeah. Uh, we're going to connect it as well. And we're just going to briefly go because of time's sake into the Denver Nuggets being NBA champions. And then the Golden Knights of Las Vegas. Again, we're, th- when we pick people out as highlighting in a good way. When we're doing it, this it does not mean God approves of their life, everything about them, or their right. they're, they're props for you know they they serve as actors and actresses for a play that He's doing, and so yeah. think of them as props in that that kind of that kind of way. Because sometimes some people get the wrong idea when they hear this, like why are you saying something good about so and so? He's really this and that. This is not this is not God approving of that team. It's, it uh, tends to be meaning about the meanings of names and numbers, pretty much, right? Or, it's names and numbers. Yeah, it's names and numbers. It's uh, primarily, and there's a little bit of a story. That goes. So in that Kentucky Derby, a lot of attention, and I covered it briefly, um, I think a couple, a few weeks ago, is at that time, there were seven horses that died leading up to the race. Mm. Big news. And there was like seven, and the, and the number seven was there. So my uh, my comment on that was, okay, there's seven pretenders that get taken down by the track itself because that's what it was the track itself brought them down now we're not we're not making statements overall whether horse racing should even be exist or whatever this is just a reality it's just something that was played out in other words we say the track that they were injured on the track and had to be put down it's basically what happened right so the track itself um trying to be a champion the track itself took out we'll say imposter seven. So there's an, a taking out of imposters that's taking place right now with the intensity of the track that's happened. That's just another 
part of the message. There is something else. We're going to see this connection with a lot of Hispanic and Latin America with these races. So Javier Castellano, he's actually Venezuelan. His tra the trainer was Gustavo Delgado, um, and, and he was Venezuelan as well. There's something of restoration, <coughs> excuse me, of uh, South America, Latin America. Venezuela is repeated over and over in here. Uh, Gustavo Delgado, the trainer, um, he, you know, after the Kentucky Derby win, he said, quote, this is the dream I had one and a half years ago. I wrote a note. We're going to win the, de the Derby next time. So he had actually had a dream. He gave credit to God. God showed him prophetically confirmed they were going to win um, the, the Derby. Wow. And, and so uh, and it's just interesting how the Lord uses everything. His last name is Delgado. Delgado also means thin, like if you're thin. And really, it's been amazing, the difficulties and trials of Venezuelans and common yeah. comment by so many people. It's like, you won't believe when you go there how many thin people there are because it's been starvation, really, level of, of need that has come upon uh, the people. But there's a time for winning for the Venezuelan people. They have just, I don't know how official it's been made, but their president just announced they're joining BRICS, um, the Brazilian-Russian um, led uh, India, China, South, you know, the alternative, that which is bringing down the petrodollar. That's a whole nother conversation for yeah. time. <clears throat> so we're going to the Preakness. And that one was won by, this is huge all on its own, by a horse called National Treasure. And we'll just say the jockey there was um, another Hispanic named John Velasquez. And, um, and, um, main thing we'll we'll extract from that for not to be too many things even though there's so much is Velasquez that name is considered to be um Jewish Hispanic Sephardic Jewish name background and so there is a connection there being made and I better just leave it there again I don't want too many things on on the table here that we can't eat <clears throat> what I didn't mention is the number two horse with national treasure the horse that came in second, I think by a, uh, less than a nose, is, is a horse called Blazing Sevens. Wow. Wow. So I, just, I was just. And, and this is at the time when Tr uh, Trump is having his 77th birthday. Did what was it on the same? What, how, how close were this, those in date? This was the previous race. So this wasn't okay. the last. This was the second one. Okay. Wow. Blazing, Blazing seven. Where do we hear that from? That's what we've been reading out of Revelation four and Revelation five. And John said, and I saw seven blazing flames of fire oh, look at that. around the throne. And these are the seven spirits of God. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. John, you can't make this up. Can you, you? can't make this stuff up. That's right. <laughs> I want people to start seeing national treasure being in the middle and want to see mage, magi, wise men, uh, over here, Archangel, oh my hand over here, Archangel over here, and then around it as well, the blazing flames. And, and can we can we look at a, from the 40,000 foot level, to me, this is, sounds like God saying, look at the three races, I got this. That's a, that's a message I'm getting out of it. I mean, that, that it, well, we got even some, um, that's a good enough one, and that's one he's regularly telling us, but yeah. uh, so and um, and who came in third that race was Mage. Um, so it was 
national treasure. It's that second, that middle race really revealed everything. There's blazing sevens mage that, that you know, just the way they work together mm. um, uh, was, was amazing. So here's the deal. National treasure where it led me was Nicholas Cage's movie, national treasure from, I think it was like 18 years ago. I didn't realize it was that long ago. And so that movie is so significant even at this time, really? <clears throat> we're talking about a financial breakthrough um, and, and a new quantum financial system and the RV and all that kind of stuff. And this is part of the theme that's taking place here. We're saying national treasure. Remember the golden Knights of Vegas, Vegas is seven, seven, seven land. Anyway, you know, that's how you win in Vegas is seven, seven, seven. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then the golden nuggets, the Denver nuggets, that's about golden nuggets. So you have, just this last weekend's wins are from teams who haven't won in a long time or ever. And it was the gold winning. And so you have the national treasure. What was the national treasure movie about? Well, the national treasure movie um, was about, there was a lost Freemason treasure. And it's amazing. It, It was called the Knights Templar treasure. And it was like a positive thing back then. What we know now is like, Oh my goodness, the Knights Templar, this is from the movie. I've, I've watched the movie. In fact, I even think I watched it a couple of times, but now I can't remember all the details of it anymore. I had to put it back on. I was like, oh, my goodness, the mm. thing being covered. Um, because it talked about the Knights Templar treasure that came, and it was putting almost Knights Templar and the Freemasons in a positive light. And so they were looking for, this is the national treasure. Nicholas Cage goes through this whole thing trying to find this treasure that had been lost. We understand today that that treasure is real treasure, but it's treasure connected and associated with the Rockefellers, with the Rothschild, with the Vatican. This is the deep state funding and financing that had been that has been going on um, um, forever. And the role Nicolas Cage, there's almost too much for me to cover. So I'm just going to say it quickly. And if you get it, you get it. If not, you don't. His name in the movie is Benjamin Franklin Gates. Oh, wow. And so, but it's, he goes by Gates, so he's Gates, but there's a whole Benjamin um, Franklin component. And just who his name is, he's Nicholas Cage. Nicholas means the laity. Cage is where you put a prisoner or whatever. So the laity have been in prison, and it's because there's been this Knights Templar. Uh, there has been the resources of the world has been held hostage oh, by wow. this group. Um, and the Lord is speaking about a national treasure coming forth. And there's an archangel associated uh, with it. And there's a wisdom on how this thing is to be presented to the world. And there's a blazing saints, uh, flames of fire. So it's telling us uh, he's providing the wisdom. Um, the Lord is providing the wisdom. He's providing of his seven spirits and he's providing of an archangel. We're going to bring come to that in just a moment here in order for there to be the proper distribution of what he's about to release in the process of releasing on planet Earth. While the enemy is trying to kill the world economy, that is not God's plan. And the enemy is not going to succeed. Let me say that one more time. The enemy is trying to kill the world economy. He is not going to succeed. Good. Don't anyone miss that. I'm glad you said it again. He's not going to succeed. And it's because we have an archangel, the blazing seven spirits of God, and we have his supernatural wisdom that has been released to keep people. And But he himself is providing it. The Lord is overseeing. It's back to what you said. Yeah, he is overseeing this process completely right now because he knows we cannot be trusted once we're talking about resources and treasure. But it's worth um, looking at that movie. But here's the key thing. That movie 
what they had Ooh. to do in that movie of uh, um, the Nicolas Cage movie we're, we're, we're talking about, National Treasure, they had to go. The National Treasure ended up being the um, uh, the document, the Declaration of Independence, and and bad guys were going to try to steal it. So he had to go and steal it to preserve it from the bad guys getting it. But we go into this whole thing about the Declaration of Independence was the key. And that being properly stewarded and cared for was the whole key for this national treasure being discovered and released. Mm. And it's all about the foundations of the, the founding fathers, the republic they created. It goes into uh, National Treasure Book of Secrets, mm. the second movie, book, book of Secrets. And it's a president's book of secrets. And in the movie, I'm not saying in the movie, it says it's a, that this is a secret diary of presidents about Watergate about Area 51, about the JFK assassination. This is what's being said in the movie. This is now relevant conversation today. What we understand now, Watergate was pedophile. Uh, I don't know if you knew that, Steve. I didn't know. I didn't. You can see my wrinkled brow. I didn't realize that. It's a book that had the list of pedophiles in government. And so this is why it was so huge and explosive. Area 51, we won't even go into that um, right now, but it's being talked about. Yeah. Uh, being talked about. Tucker Carlson just had something that 100 million people or more listened yeah, to. Barry, Barry Wunsch had a word about that at the dream that God gave him. So there was that one. But anyway, what was then? Yeah. then and then JFK. Tucker Carlson was just mentioning. So we have things really, these topics are just wow. Tucker, Tucker Carlson just in his first Twitter message, which is worth listening to as well, because it's like, oh my goodness, it's almost like the EBS going off and there being uh, exposure of, of yeah, over hundred over hundred million have watched that one. It's like yeah. crazy. And so, but it's in this movie they're talking about. They're like, oh my goodness! So there's this highlighting of national uh, treasure. So now we'll go to the third because we got to get through um, uh, the third race that just took place this last weekend. Again, the winner, um, Archangel Arcangelo, um, just again for um, curiosity information, it was just it, its own the reason why there's all this Spanish naming going on. A huge South American re retailer, famous throughout South America, they're the ones that bought these horses. Uh, they're out of Chile and they, uh, in the nation of Chile, Chile, they've owned a bunch of horses, but they have moved in uh, into Kentucky and they're the reason um, why everything's in Spanish for them. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now, back to the show. Again, this is whole thing about it, this connects even with all the border trouble. The border has been devastating Hispanic and Latin America countries. So a lot of what the Lord is doing, pouring out what he's going to restore and recover is on behalf of Latin America, Hispanic people. So that's what's that's what's coming up uh, next. So what was interesting about Archangelo, he had, there were seven to one odds against him. There's the seven uh, as well. He was number three and um, it, unique. Uh, he was trained. You know, they made a big deal because it's the first winner of a triple crown race uh, of a horse trained by a female. <clears throat> so mm. that's just good. Reminding you, Castellano is 45 years old, means governor of the castle, Castellano kind of uh, obvious. And then, but he's also the prison ward. And so mm. I'm telling you that's given us insight into president Trump, who he is. He's number 45 and he's 
um, he's doing he's doing that. And it's right after Trump's um, or his birthday was which was 614, which just took place as well. So the whole thing about the treasure was the Constitution had to be saved. Actually, it was Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. There's that's another part of the story. Um, This for us. We want to understand our republic is in the process of being saved. Our constitution's in the process of being saved. The Declaration of Independence uh, properly being revealed. That's part of um, the foundation of everything. If there's not that foundation, the national treasure won't do us any good. Um, it has to be on that foundation. That's why the, 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 the assignment will say the good guys behind the scene they're working on is we must get back to original foundations. We must get back to the foundations of the Constitution, the, uh, the foundations of the Declaration of Independence, and uh, all these foundations, the foundation of the Republic, were God ideas um, that came out of Scripture. Yeah, I know there were theists and there were people who uh, were Masons and 32nd degree Masons themselves, but there was enough of God behind the scene, God rescuing even the nations of the world through this experiment called the United States of America. And we don't want to forget that that's part of what's taking place. And so the blazing seven spirits of God, he has an archangel on assignment and he's releasing uh, the wisdom. And so um, that's all I'm going to do, except to read one scripture on that one. And then I have to make quick comments. Yeah, on- and Johnny, now, um, pardon me for interrupting. I'm going to have to get off. You keep going, go as long as you want. But I want to say to the people, Johnny's going to ask for some support for this couple. I am 1,000% behind it. I want you to support this couple. And so, Johnny, if I can, I'm just going to go ahead and sign off, and then you can close out. And I appreciate it very much. And they've got some graphics to put up there. So, Power of God on you for complete restoration healing. Right now, Steve, in the name of Jesus, every assignment against you be canceled, be cut off. Thank you, Thank Lord. Thank you Jesus. so much. Thank you so much. All right. I'll see you after break. All right. So um, here's the scripture we want to look at is Revelation 18 and verse 1, because I truly believe as you look into Revelation, you look into Revelation 17, 18, 19, Babylon is collapsing and crashing. We are experiencing a historical crashing of Babylon. And Babylon is this Knights Templar treasure. It's this uh, secret mason treasure. It's the thing connected to everything else that the, that the kingdoms of this world, the kings of this world have committed a harlotry with as you read through Revelation chapter 17. We won't go in, into all that. I want to mainly make a connection to the archangel because I believe there's been the archangel, the minister of wealth of heaven has been released on planet earth. And that's part of the Archangelo uh, message is to let us know there is some big, big help for what has to take place right now, because it's a big, big assignment. And it says in verse 1 of Revelation 18, After these things I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And I'll read verse 2. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Uh, It's worth reading verse 3. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornications with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Then we see the next verse says, come out of her, my people. And so there's a coming out of this system. Uh, this demonic system 
Uh, it doesn't mean you have to leave natural physical banks at this point. There, there, there's movements going to happen. We don't we don't go into a shift of the ages without having to experience some significant um, discomfort in some way. But it's all going to something positive. But this is an angel. It says the glory of this one angel illuminated the whole earth. And there is an illumination to the whole earth. And by illumination to the whole earth, there is a revealing of who's actually been controlling everything. Following the money, the money reveals that all wars, all significant wars of the last several hundred years, maybe 350, like the time, times and a half, time, time, time and a half, 3.5 for about the last 350 years. All wars that have been started have been um, caused, initiated by this same group. And so this is something that's being changed. This is a historic shift and change of the ages. President Trump has a massive call um, and assignment for this. And this is going to be controversial as if nothing else I've said is controversial. But I, you know, I'm just going to tell you, be praying for Vladimir Putin and, and do not just believe what you're for sure. Yeah. Just hopefully everyone's figured this out. Now, if in quote old mainstream media, which is getting weaker and weaker by the second and diminishing whoever they're attacking as the bad guy and whatever things they're showing, you can almost be sure that that must be somebody working good things. Years ago, before President Trump, the Lord told me about Putin. I'm putting him in for some important shifts and changes. I didn't understand what was going on um, there. And he is having to take on some of the most damaging, heartful, uh, uh, just supremely dangerous matters and assignments on planet Earth um, to, to eliminate this killing machine of the enemy that's operated on the seven mountains. So the name Donald means great chief, world mighty one. Third definition there was ruler of the world. And what I looked at, Donald J. Trump. Vladimir, do you know his name means bright and famous? It means to rule with greatness. It means peaceful ruler. And the next definition is ruler of the world. So they both have, as one of the definitions, ruler of the world, they both have it. And he was put in. Does not mean everything he's doing is righteous. It does not mean he's perfect and all that's happening. It does not mean, nothing that I'm saying means that the suffering of the Ukrainian church or the Ukrainian people is anything to be belittled. It is real. Unfortunately, most of what's taken place, they don't understand that they have have been uh, set up and lied to. In profound ways, many lives of very good uh, people have been lost in the process. And um, this is part of what's coming out. There's an exposure of all things. Now that the seal is open, as President Trump has said. Okay, so my last thing um, as we're closing is just to cover the matters of um, the Denver Nuggets. And I'll just say it that way. The Denver Nuggets, they just won... um, they were not believed in all all year, but again, they're the golden nuggets and it's about gold and they just won the NBA championship. And we're just going to say it's again, attention on the gold, national treasure, the gold. And then what just took place is the golden Knights of last Las Vegas. 
uh, defeated. It's amazing. Two Florida teams lost, but what what Florida teams? It's the Miami Heat. Remember, there's some Miami Heat. Heat was uh, police and whatever. Uh, Miami Heat was just on President Trump. Didn't go anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere. If he ever actually gets arrested, um, believe me, all it will do is accelerate great kingdom advance. We'll just put it that way. And um, the Florida Panthers. So Panthers. Um, that's you know, Black Panthers, um, uh, uh, that more correlates with, we'll say, demonic stuff than something good. And and so um, you just want to be aware, aware of that. But here's the deal with that one. What just blew me away is the, the decisive game was um, uh, the star. And I think he's our captain. I, I'm, I haven't been following um, hockey that closely. Um, I think he was both their captain and the MVP was at least MVP of the game, meaning most valuable player was Mark Stone, who had three goals. Uh, Mark Stone for the Vegas Golden Knights. Remember, Vegas is a, is a city where 777 dominates. And you'll know that if you've been there. And um, and his name, uh, Mark Stone, and he's number 61. I was like, are you kidding me? So, yeah, he is the team captain. Um, so. Are you kidding me? Mark Stone. So you have the stone again. And Daniel saw the stone that came and devastated the image of the beast. And then the kingdom of God filled the whole earth. It became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. And so there's Mark the stone is taking us to that as well. And then he's number 61. What have I been saying over and over and over the purpose of this transfer of wealth? And even when we did the call for billionaires where you're supernaturally touched and encountered and slain in the spirit when I called it out and there's over 300 of you that responded that there was some version of that that took place um, with you it was about an Isaiah 61 call the spirit of the sovereign lord is upon you has anointed you to preach good news tell good news but to set captives free you're here to set captives free to rebuild ruined cities the desolations of many generations and so Mark Stone is number 61 and he's the He's the captain. He's the MVP of the Golden Knights. You see this connection? You have an archangel, and then you have the, the I'm just like, for me, the way I process revelation from the Lord, I'm like, <laughs> this is like unbelievable how he's putting this together. And I'm like, how in the world do you even do this? You must be God. And so, of course, of course he is. And just to add, you know, another little bit, in the same last week or so, big news, soccer news it's big news anyway uh Lionel Messi who is the best player in the world ever and he just won the world cup he's Argentinian and he shocked the whole world by saying he's coming to Miami he's going to play for Inter Miami so beginning this later in a couple months his season will begin and and so you know he's 35 um years years old and so he's, um, a, you know, later years for a soccer player, but he's still plenty good. And um, but here's his name. Lionel means lion like. So the lion is coming into Miami and Messi. We already made this association um, with him. He's not the Messiah, but there is something about the lion as the Messiah coming in. And, and so, again, we're not worshiping or praising Messi. We're using these uh, these players and these names. Um, you know, as as pictorial um, representations for us of the story the Lord's wanting to tell. But even his 
uh, you know, his full name is Lionel Andres Messi. And if you just take the L and the A and the M, that would be Lamb. So he's the Lamb and the Lion. And we've been reading about how he's the Lion and the Lamb. And that's about being kings and priests. So it's like everything in sports. And I'm not even telling you about Novak Djokovic, who just won his number, his record number 23 uh, Grand Slam this last week as well. It's been quite a week for uh, sports. And so he's wearing the jacket with number 23. 23 was the number of the year. Psalm 23. Like I said, I'm not even doing it, but I just did. There's too much. There's too much. God is speaking. He's broadcasting. And if you can look at these things and, and understand what he's saying and how he's enjoying messaging in this hidden way, yet profound open way, um, then we see these are super exciting days. Okay. So what I had to do and what uh, Steve was just um, mentioning to us, uh, uh, we want to tell you about um, a couple. And I think you guys there, if you all have a picture of Carlos and Ruth Padre this week. Okay. So what have we done here? Well, first of all, that's me and my wife, Elizabeth. Okay. And Carlos and Ruth Paredes, um, they are an amazing couple. Um, they are Peruvian by birth, and we have a relationship of over 25 years. Um, he, you know, he, he doesn't, when he refers to me as my friend and mentor, and I'll say he's my best mentee on the planet. He was a, a Baptist pastor when I met him. We had one night in his church. Power of God came in 1995 and just blew up his church, and it just led to great changes. He was the president of the Pastors Association. Uh, he later was president of a uh, pastor of an 8,000-member uh, mega church in Peru. He's now, he's director, he and his wife are directors of Rise South America. You know, we're, we're kicking off a Rise tour. Well, in August, we're kicking it off in South America. Uh, it will be done in Colombia. Uh, but Carlos and Ruth, we've had them moved just so we could orchestrate all the things that are taking place. They are here in Nashville. Um, they've just moved to Nashville, uh, Tennessee. He is also our co-number one with our Christian Center for Public Life out of D.C. He is uh, the key, uh, well, he and Herman, key voices for uh, uh, this training of young people under 35. We've done over 200 in the last, from 27 nations, trained over, process of training over 200 of these who will be the future uh, rulers and presidents and advisors throughout Central and South America. The Lord has given us great favor and grace. And so major, major kingdom players. He's already you know, in his time past, besides being a mega church pastor, he ran a whole South American ministry as well. It's a blessing for us to have him in this position. But he's so convinced of the direction we're going. He so follows the messaging we're giving that he and his wife just moved here. They literally came to our house. They have two suitcases total. They gave and sold everything uh, else they had in, 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 in Peru. And so what we're asking for is for those whose heart are moved to it, I think there's a link there of... Um, um, I need to make sure I get this part right, because this is the part where you could mess it all. As your hearts are, um, are are moved to want to sow into, we have just found a house for them. And it's not a very fancy house, but we're wanting at least to be able to put furniture and things for them. We're doing what we can as a ministry. Anybody else um, wants, to, wants to help us, uh, you can send the check payable to Restore 7 with a note that it's for Carlos. Just put Carlos in there. Um, and you can put that in our, yeah, our PO box, which is listed right there. Anyway, you figure out any of our partners, you already know how to get a hold of us and whatever, and just put Carlos there. 
donations. We'll make 100% of whatever comes for them. Uh, this is a housewarming. We want them to see the body of Christ is embracing them, and they will be a blessing for the Hispanic world and the United States as well. But um, just massive individuals in the spirit realm, who they who they are. They've been pastors uh, for, for forever, and um, we just wanted to be able to tell you about them. And then finally, uh, there is, like if you go to our Johnny and Elizabeth uh, Facebook page, I think Elizabeth put up a little story or a little bit more information about them today if you, if you want to know about them. Last thing, join us. We still have seats available for Rise Tour Nashville. Um, our, our kickoff is Je- uh, July 1st. We know we haven't announced from other cities and states yet. Um, and there's a re- we're about to, we'll, we'll announce that real soon. We're finalizing something. We're having to fit in. Uh, we're going to be doing something in Canada. And then, uh, so it's kind of kicks off a rise in Canada and one in South America at the same time this year. And, and, um, and so, uh, we're, we're shuffling some things and, and getting the direction of God, um, for it. So it's July 1st, there's a luncheon for our financial partners and a meeting from six to 9 PM. And we will be preaching, worshiping, there'll be prophetic ministry, um, and we want to see you. This is this was on my heart. I said, I want to see people. It's I'm, I, I love how many of you are watching us here. And when we go to places, it's great. People come up and say, hey, uh, we love listening to you. But I would love to be able to see you. And so you could go to our page, uh, Restore 7. And there's a link there that you. Uh, oh, there it is uh, right there. But this is for uh, it's Nashville. If you see it listed as Franklin, Franklin suburb of Nashville. That's where it actually is. A place called the factory. And um, it, it's right around the corner. So please uh, sign up and we would love you to uh, be there. And, and again, there's a luncheon for financial partners. We still have room. It doesn't mean you have to. Uh, we're not going to do anything for finances uh, at the at the luncheon. It just means if you consider yourself as being a partner of us, we want to be able to say thank you and hi. And and uh, so there's a kind of a meet and greet time there if if you come there. And we believe you all, whoever sows into our ministry, we believe. You do get rewards from the Lord both here and in the age to come. And he knows those of you and and, and he knows how sacrificially some of you have, have given. And um, we're, we're blessed by it. And so we wanted to be able to uh, interact with you in that way. So I believe I've um, um, I've covered the things I had I had to cover. And uh, it's been a, a super privilege to be able to share with you today. I want to close uh, with prayer and then we'll figure out how. We close this thing off with, and we're going to remember Steve again, whatever blood sugar thing that was uh, taking place with him. I know some of you, I I can feel it. A bunch of you intercessors jumped on that right right away, and we want to do that. So, Lord, we just thank you for this day, for this time. We thank you for all the promises, all the things you're saying to us, the ways you're communicating to, to us. And, Lord, at this time, again, we just bring Steve before you. And we just ask that any assignment of the enemy be cut off now and that his blood sugar would return to normal now in the name of Jesus and that any other complication from it would not happen and that there would be a a quick testimonial uh, that everything's um, good marching forward. And Lord, for those who are listening right now and um, and just uh, who've been under apprehension by all the news and the things that are happening. Is that okay? They're going after President Trump and all that. Um, Lord, I just thank you for uh, calming their spirits, encouraging them, allowing them to sense and feel your in chargeness, your seven spirits moving, your archangels moving, 
your wisdom covering the things that are taking place and your storyline story being facilitated. This is your day. This is victory day. This is a day for seeing the kingdom of God explode upon the earth uh, in dimensions never, ever before seen. And it, for it to be seen on your rising sons and daughters who are willing to showcase who you are in every area of society. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So with that, I am going to say goodbye to you all. And then somebody here is going to know how else to close this off. Blessings on you in Jesus' name. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We will be back tomorrow with Barry Wunsch, and we appreciate your prayers. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.